On this episode of Talking Schmidt, I'm joined by the winner of the first showdown of our Fantasy Baseball League as my brother came in and and he won. So Cody joins to talk a little bit about winning week one against me. And in our second segment, the Schmidt break, Justin Kleiner joins me. We're talking everything from Fantasy Baseball and his week one victory to the XFL. Stay tuned. We have all that more coming up next. Well, welcome everyone to episode 22 of Talking Schmidt, and uh, as you guys know, if you've been following along, we started a fantasy baseball league in through a bunch of ups and downs and postponements and everything that you could possibly think of. We have finally, finally had our first week in the books. Now, as you know, we have a showdown of the week that I like to talk about, and our first showdown of the week uh, was brother versus brother, uh, and my guess at this time is the winner of that. So yeah. Uh, Cody, welcome to the show. Congratulations on winning. Congratulations on winning the, uh, virtual game as well. Well, well, thank you, Ethan. Uh, it went exactly as I anticipated. Big brother wins all as well as the world with the universe. That's just the way the story is written long, long ago. Big brother beats little brother. And, uh, you, you guys have a good fight. I was very impressed, especially in uh, the digital uh, version of our matchup. It, you know, I was really comfortable and confident, and then you, you kind of got back up on me and uh, made it interesting towards the end. But, uh, you know, great first matchup for me in fantasy baseball. I'm sure you, you know, feel the same way. We were both kind of learning as we went. And, uh, you know, I'm just glad we have baseball back and the ability to have fantasy baseball and, you know, really enjoy competing the rest of this uh, season with the, with our league we have. So uh, I'd like to also say that I had the second most points scored and um, feel like I could be a real contender for the championship. Yeah. To talk about that, give you guys a rundown of what happened. Uh, Brian Brake, congratulations to Brian Brake on his first, uh, first game. Um, the first week for him, 836 points at Letter League. Now, remember, this is about kind of a week and a half, if you will, because it really started uh, Thursday before. So Thursday, the first opening game, uh, I believe it was like the 26th, and then that ran all the way through August 2nd. And Brian just had a great performance all around his guys. He had you know, just a, a really tough team. To beat, you mentioned you did score the second most points with 727 to win our matchup. The funny thing is, when you look at total points scored, I actually finished third in total points. Um, I had 689, believe it or not, which kind of sucks to have the third most points and still come out (laughs) with the loss. Um, Looking elsewhere in the league, another big matchup that everybody was uh, kind of keeping an eye on if they listened to the show, uh, that happened to be the fact that Justin beat John. Um, John was not having it. At one point, and one, I will say this, Justin was pretty much winning the entire time. And then for oh, about a two-day strip, John had about an 80-point lead at one point in there, and then somehow Justin kind of battled back. If you ask Justin how he did it, he's going to tell you that it was just great management, blah, 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 all the other stuff that he uh, shovels on top of us. Um, but he did win his matchup. Uh, Mike Rabbit won his matchup, 684 to 518. I mentioned Brian Brake winning. Uh, and then our good friend Jared Karkuff, the Iceman team, never made it. Uh, they, he won his opening matchup. So we had five teams obviously win. Um, we have five undefeated teams at this point, and uh, only 
two of those teams are actually taking each other on. It's going to be you versus Mike Rabbit, uh, your only undefeated squads right now um, who are battling at this point. Everybody else has either one win and one loss. And then, of course, we have a, two, a game where it's both teams have one loss, taking each other on looking for their first victory. Um, how do you think you're going to fare in this upcoming week? Oh, I've got nothing to worry about. I actually was you know, picking Mike's brain a little bit uh, at work the other day. So I kind of try to get a feel for how he approaches the game. And um, I feel pretty confident. I mean, I know right now he's got a little bit of a lead on me, but it's, it's you know, just day one. So uh, I like how I've been able to really manage and uh, bring in new players, fresh blood, and keep things going. So, uh, you know, I'm like you said, I'm the second highest scoring team in the league right now, and um, that trend's going to continue to go along for me. Yeah, for this week, uh, we were talking, and you and I were kind of discussing of what the showdown should be. And obviously, I was looking at you versus Mike, but I know Mike's going uh, out of town um, this week, so I didn't want to put a lot of you know like stress on him of like, hey, can you do this for me? Um, so we're going to stick with uh, we're going to get Brian the game of the week. Who he's taking on me this week. Um, just because he scored the most points, uh, I want to hear how he feels about it. So we'll talk to him on Thursday, hopefully, uh, and just get in a little bit in depth about his first week and how he's approaching fantasy in general. Because, you know, for me, one of the big things that you and I talked about, and for those of you who might have seen the live stream that we had on Twitch, don't forget you can catch that recap, twitch.tv slash schmidtgames33, a nice little plug there. Um, but on that, we kind of talked a little bit. I had a lot of issues, man. <laughs> One of it was just the fact that the whole situation that happened with Miami, it ended up causing the Phillies not to play, and because the Phillies weren't playing, the Yankees weren't playing, and then MLB like, stretched around because Baltimore was supposed to be playing Miami. Um, so then they just found a way to make the Yankees take on Baltimore. Uh, the, Phillies stayed, uh, the Phillies stayed where they were at. Miami wasn't playing. Um, the Nationals ended up not playing a series. Um, so there was a lot of movement around for a lot of us. And, and then, of course, you know, another thing with that was the fact that, you know, the Cardinals-Brewers situation, their their series didn't happen this weekend. So, I mean, there's just been a lot of movement for a lot of us, um, a lot of, uh, you know, just trial and error at this point. And I feel like that might be what it is oh, for yeah. everybody. I'm, and I'm, I'm going to tell you this much. I'm glad we don't have money on this season because there's just <laughs> no – uh, rhyme or, ryth- or rhythm, I feel, to what's going on this season. You just got to keep your eye on that waiver wire and you know, get guys when they're hot. You know, get guys when they're getting in routine and rhythm. It's a little bit different than uh, the, I was when I try to start out getting to understand fantasy baseball a little bit, a little bit different than fantasy football in that you, it's a little more fluid when it comes to free agency and the waiver wire. And you can move pitchers and players. And you can use the disabled list so would understand that and grasping that you know you really have a little more leeway a little more freedom and this sort of fantasy setup than you did like we're more accustomed to in fantasy football so i'm loving it because you, you know as well as probably some of the guys in the league fantasy football I'm, I'm, a, I'm a waiver guy you know my draft is usually not very impressive usually my most impressive player in the draft is philip rivers at the last pick of the draft so i, I ride that waiver wire and get the to get guys as they're starting to take off and really starting to uh, you know make headway. So that's what I hope to continue to do and 
you know, a little dig at, especially pitching. So, you know, pitching is still the one thing, one area that I feel like the Brick Schmidt house can be a little bit bigger at. But uh, I just like to see Strasburg out there one day. Hopefully, he starts actually pitching <laughs> for me in real life. You know, he made a great job digitally and no hitter. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that would be, uh, I mean, that would be something for all of us to kind of have that going on. Um, I'm looking at it right now. I, I think we have, I think this matchup, you know, when you talk about what our game of the week could possibly be, I mean, like I said, it was, I did have the third most points, so I feel like it could still be something where um, hopefully Brian doesn't absolutely just destroy me here, but we'll, we'll see how that works out. Um, another thing that we have going on, and as I mentioned, you know, we were talking about Schmidt games and, and, and the streaming aspect of everything. Another thing that picks up this week is we actually had our FIFA tournament. Um, it was about two weekends ago and we're not going to play We're no, we don't have any spoilers here or anything like that, but the first episode does air on, um, it airs on Wednesday. I put out a promotional video on my Twitter and my Facebook pages just to kind of let you get, let you guys know that it's happening. You were able to be a part of the FIFA tournament um, what was your overall experience? I know technically I kind of messed up because, uh, for some reason it didn't record your play in game, but just kind of looking back at everything that was going on and, you know, why should somebody watch the FIFA tournament that we had? It was awesome. I mean, I was competing against peak performers at the top of their game. You know, they, these are some of the best FIFA competitors I, I could say I've ever been around and never had a, you know, the, the ability to compete with and they they took it very seriously but also we had a really good time so it's a lot of it was a lot of fun definitely a great you know inaugural tournament for schmidt games as far as you know, being back in clarksville and being in tennessee so uh, i would say definitely tune in i uh, won't try to spoil anything but you know a lot lot of a uh, lot of competition a lot of a lot of fun and uh you know, I have a lot of work to you know, get you know on that level of being able to you know, compete with those guys. Absolutely, we uh, like I mentioned, Wednesday will be the first game that is played. Uh, well, it'll be the first game that is actually put on YouTube. Uh, so, like I said, I'll post the links and everything like that, so you guys can follow along with us uh, throughout the first round, which will be the next uh, next two weeks. We'll have the first round, and then of course the semifinals. Um, and then from the semifinals, we'll have the championship game. So it's about the next three, I guess it'll be the next four weeks, we'll have games airing on that. I thought it was really cool because it was unique in a way that, you know, we definitely had to, uh, with everything going on and the way that the world is and, and just not being able to have every single person uh, readily available and, and actually in the same room, I mean, we were FaceTiming with two of the competitors. Uh, it was really fun. It was it was a unique and different aspect. It's completely different from the uh, first FIFA tournament I put on. Um, this one was a lot better. We've talked about it. Madden is the next tournament. Um, yep. You actually, for the first time in your life, you went out and you got a PlayStation 4. Um, so you're upgrading to the big boy leagues with uh, when it comes to um, gaming consoles, even though there's two... New gaming consoles coming out this year, but we will let you slide on that one. Um, for you, at least, uh, Madden tournament. How you feeling about that? You know what? What? Uh, what do you feel? Are you going to stick with the 49ers? How are you going to handle that one? Well, we're we're going to try to be a little bit more prepared. Uh, certainly, it's a you know, sport that I'm more accustomed to, know a bit more about. And absolutely, I mean, how could I not go with the 49ers? 
you just got that that defense, a four horseman defensive line. Uh, you have you know Jimmy the G, you know Jimmy Garoppolo out there at quarterback. You know just a platoon of running backs. You know, so I I, I can't not pick my 49ers. Uh, you know, we run, you know, that, that jet sweep, you know, that goes back to my high school days, kind of to the flat option. So yeah, I'm definitely going to San Francisco. Yeah, I think that'll be fun. I, I, I really like the aspect of it. Um, mainly because, uh, when you truly think, at least for me, I, I love the aspect of playing, you know, these tournaments, because I know when right now I feel like, you know, we talked about it on the broadcast for our digital game for our game of the week. Um, you and I talked about it a little bit and it was mainly that we were focusing on the fact of, um, I guess it was around the lines of like at that time, there was so many changes that were having to be made with with professional baseball. We did not know exactly what was going to happen. Um, it seemed like with all the postponements and everything, baseball was going to say, you know what, I, I think we might just, you know, we tried and it's just not working out. So we were, I mean, I was a little worried about it. And you and I talked about it and we said, if this does continue and if this is something that happens, um, I was going to continue our season, no matter what, yeah. on uh, on the uh, MLB The Show. Um, we were just going to end with the lineups that we had, and we were going to put those teams together and go from there. So um, if something like that happens, I-, I want everybody to know that we will start a season. Um, we'll do our own season with the with the lineups we have. We'll repeat it. I'll use this exact same schedule. Um, and we'll, we'll go from there. So, uh, I feel like that's an aspect that is kind of different than anything we've ever done was just the fact that if something does happen, if something is comes to a moment where they're just like, Hey, we can't play professional baseball anymore. Watch the Twitch channel. Cause we're going to have a lot of action on there. Absolutely. Watch Twitch. I'm, I'm confident that you know, the season will continue to progress for all the three major sports that are going on right now. Uh, Major League Baseball, the NHL, and the NBA. Definitely hope to see it become a little bit more normal as it goes on. The cardboard just just doesn't do it for me, man. I mean, you get some fans actually in the stands. It's kind of funny. You had the the digital fans that we got to watch last night, and uh, it would be nice to start seeing that and get back to normal, certainly for football season, hopefully. Uh, college and pro football be able to see actual fans, you know, back at games and in the stands and tailgating. So, yeah, I'm optimistic that will happen. I'm optimistic we'll we'll see that return to, um, you know, normalcy at least to what we're what we consider normalcy. Uh, not to bring you down off your high horse, but you are down 32 to 10 currently. Um, I needed that win just now, but, uh, again, congratulations on the week one victory, winning our first showdown of the week. Uh, that was great stuff. Um, this will be obviously on Tuesday that this episode will air. So happy early birthday as well. Cause that's on Wednesday, man. So, uh, you're welcome, man. If I didn't know that, I probably wouldn't be a good brother. So, um, that's fine. I have one every year. Yeah, exactly. They just continue to happen, right? Is that what it yeah, is? That, that, that's the good thing. The great thing is they continue to happen. Yeah, exactly. Uh, man, it's been great getting a chance to talk to you, and I and I know that 
Um, like you said, this has just been a kind of a wacky, wild way to do fantasy sports. And for us to kind of just do fantasy baseball for the first time ever during uh, the pandemic season, I think we're doing all right. I think everybody's kind of picking up on it. And uh, um, it's kind of fun to get a chance because not everybody that's playing in our league or, you know, close to us. Uh, but most of us who are kind of close, it's kind of fun just to kind of sit down and be like, hey, man, what, you know, what were you doing? Like, what was going on last week for you? So uh, it's been a lot of fun being able to do that. And uh, I'm excited to see if this can continue and it hopefully read Harper's Heroes um, can get a win, whether in the league here or uh, digitally something. I need something this week. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, you know, you got to keep going after it, man. Just, you know, you, you went up against Big Brother. That happens. You know, I'm sure Reed understands that, too. So, um, so you know, going forward, just, you know, ride that wave of wire. Just do what I would do. That's right. That's right. All right, man. Well, it's been great getting a chance to talk to you. Uh, we're going to take our first break in the show, um, and it's going to be our – we're only going to have two segments for the show. When we come back, Justin Kleinert, he's ready to be opinionated and everything that he likes to bring to the episodes. So stay tuned. We have the Schmidt break coming up next. Hey guys, thanks for joining me this far into the podcast. Don't forget you can catch us on social media. Just head over to Twitter and find me at underscore Talking Schmidt or on Facebook at Talking Schmidt Podcast. All right, let's get back to the show. Welcome back, everyone, to episode 22 of Talking Schmidt. Uh, I didn't mention this in the first part of this, but of course I'm in the Schmidt House studios and Justin joins me. Are you at, obviously at Casa de la Kleinard and are we on the back porch here? We're on the back deck. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're on the back deck. That's, that's the spot to be. All right. That's what I, that's what I like to hear. So Justin, obviously I, I know how you want to start the Schmidt break off. Cody and I talked a little bit in the first segment. Obviously I brought him on, uh, so he could gloat and, you know, mention that big brothers rule the world and that he beat me and dominated me even in the virtual game, which was just, I have no idea. Um, it was not a great week for me, but obviously you had a good fantasy baseball week and I know you want to at least talk about that for a second, but then also talk about how, crazy and topsy-turvy it's been for all of us trying to figure out a for the first time ever play fantasy baseball and b try and do it when there's uh when everybody's dropping with covid and we're having to have breaks and everything like that well well first off john knows that i'm not one to draw attention to myself um i called it uh you know cody threw some shade at me you as well threw some shade no faith in the abilities here um but, again, I just approach it like I would anything else in life. I research as much as I can, be super reasonable, and make really sound decisions. And I feel like I was able to do that. Uh, you know, I, I don't have the score right off the right off the top of my head here, but, uh, you know, it I, it was pretty brutal for him. You know, so, I, I you know, we'll see. John, John talked a good game. He thought he was going to – Fit some players, thought he was going to win by 150. Uh, and the dude ended up getting smoked. I mean, that's all it is to it. Uh, we were very cordial uh, through text messages with one another. Uh, we did not talk about it at all while it was going on, believe it or not. Uh, but he did, uh, you know, he, he pulled a Hillary Clinton and, and texted me congratulations on the, 
you know, the wind that was just not expected by anybody. So I pretty much pulled a Trump, you know, in 2016 and just dominated uh, without, you know, being expected to. So uh, he texted me all is fair, no love lost there in that relationship. Uh, we're just glad that we can go back to being friends and uh, don't have to worry about playing each other in fantasy baseball until probably the playoffs. Yeah, the final was only six thirty to six thirteen, so it wasn't it wasn't like a just a absolute destroying of a uh, of that game. Well, the guy, except for, except for going into Sunday, I was down about eighty points. Uh, so it, it's a pretty big deal when you're down by that large of a deficit with only one day left. You really got to rely on that free agent pitching. That's really the only way to do it. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Pitching has been the uh, the one catalyst that I feel everybody's been able to kind of um, bounce on and utilize because we just, uh, A, just, I, I'm, I get upset, and I know, I don't know if you do as well, I get upset because I feel like they don't drop who's starting in the late games fast enough for when there's early games. And so by the time that you're like, you're in the middle of the middle of the pack, you don't really, sometimes we don't know who the heck's starting and then you can't really adjust anything at that point, you know? So that's where I was having so, a lot of confusion. So so let's clear one thing up. Uh, you get upset because you get caught up in your emotions. I, I don't get upset. Um, no, nothing phases me. That's, not, that's not what I was saying. Uh, so, well, you, you made it out to me like I just get upset, and I don't. I'm real, you know, I don't get, I don't get really excited about anything. Uh now, I do think something that, that we all had talked about before, and this may have been on or off the podcast, was the fact that we thought it might would be easier since it was only a 60-game season. Uh, but I think it's quite the opposite, Ethan. I, and I think it's tougher to do it for a 60-game season. I really do. I think if you had the longevity of a season with that many games, I really think that would be easier than trying to cram all this fantasy baseball into 60 games. That's a heck of a task. I mean, because you're talking regular season playoffs all crammed into a 60-game regular season. And, you know, as of yesterday, we were a sixth of the way through the season. Yeah. So it's rolling by quick. So you really got – you have to be on it. There, there's no room for error with this. Uh, John showed that this past week. You know, somebody who has really good, you know, fantasy baseball experience. And I would say John probably has one of the highest fantasy baseball IQs out of anybody playing. Uh, not to discredit any of the people who are playing that I don't know personally – uh, but speaking of the people I know that are on the uh, that are in the league, uh, John probably has the highest IQ for fantasy baseball, I would think, uh, and definitely the most experienced. And, and he is really struggling to get players in the right position at the right time. And I think that just shows you, man, this sixty game schedule is tough for fantasy baseball players. No, I, I agree with that. I, I think that you know that has been a little bit of a, of a shock for all of us because, as we mentioned, we came into it and we were just like we're going to do the best that we possibly can. And, and, and like you said, I feel like, I feel like we get it to, to say the least. Like, I feel like we are understanding it, but you're right. It, it's literally like an everyday commitment. Um, you can't really sit back and, uh, you know, wait for anything. Like you have to kind of jump out early, see who you have, see who, you know, see if they have the little black S by their name to start, um, it, it's been like that. And so, yeah, it's crazy. It, it's been, it's been really almost like, you know, a, a side job to really get everything ready. And I think the other thing that kind of is big in this league is we have so many of us that, you know, are, 
I would say we see each other on a regular basis. Some of us who, you know, obviously not everybody in the league we see on a regular basis, but there are a lot of us who we see on a regular basis. And a lot of us have known each other for a very long time that it's like, well, I don't want to lose to this person for certain, you know, like that was kind of week one with you and John. Like, I know if I lose to this person, they'll hold it over my head. I didn't want to lose my brother week one. Now I'm looking at it with an 0-1 record. Like, well, I can't lose to Brian at this point. He put up 800 and whatever points. So I think that's what a lot of us, uh, what makes it a little bit more, uh, not frustrating, but a a sense of added excitement, if you will, is the fact that we do know a lot of the people who we are taking on. I know not everybody in the league knows each other, um, but for certain it adds another aspect to it because, you know, you don't want to lose to a guy who you know you're going to see um, on a regular basis because you know that this league has just been fun, but it's also a lot of us who have just like wanting to hold that bragging rights over uh, the other person. Sure. And, you know, anybody without the testicular fortitude is going to be competitive. And, you know, I, I'm going to go on and assume for the group that all of us are males. Uh, you know, I'm not sure how everyone else identifies, but, you know, uh, he, him. Um, but, you know, the. Everybody wants to win, and and no matter what you're doing, it doesn't matter if you're playing Monopoly, you know, if you're playing Trouble with your kids, you know, you want to win, like, hands down. Like, you, you play games to win, and fantasy baseball, I'm playing it to win. Uh, you know, and just to give you an example, didn't check my roster today really that much, didn't try to move anything around, and right now I'm just getting shellacked 34 to 7. Yeah, shout out to my boy so Jake Stancil. If you're not on it constantly every day, checking in, dropping players, adding players, it, you're just not going to have any success. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Justin, we're we're going to move on. Uh, I, one topic we didn't text about beforehand that um, Cody kind of brought up when he and I were off the air. Uh, the XFL had a had a little bit of life. Um, I enjoyed watching the first. You know, obviously, obviously the season ended very short because of everything going on with the coronavirus. Um, I enjoyed watching uh, the few games I got to watch of the XFL, but we know today that uh, Dwayne Johnson, a big name, has come in and he's bought the XFL. How do you think uh, the Rock's going to do here? What do we what do we expect from the XFL? Do we think it's going to have a, a second season and actually have a, a a solid season and a solid return finally? Yeah, so I saw the news today that uh, the XFL had sold to, uh, you know, The Rock, uh, his ex-wife in Redbird Capital. Uh, looks like price tax around $15 million. Uh, You know, I feel like they got a steal on it. Uh, if you look at it right now, you know, an NFL team, you know, you're looking at having to spend a billion dollars to, to buy an NFL team with the values that are on them now, even in an economy like we're in. Uh, that's been wrecked by the coronavirus. Um, $15 million for an entire football league, correct me if I'm wrong, eight teams, correct? Yes. Yeah, so $15 million, I, I think that's a deal for the whole league. Uh, I think he'll revamp it. I think with him alone, he's going to bring, uh, you know, a lot of viewership to it. Uh, you know, I think, I think Vince McMahon did the same thing, uh, and I don't blame him for what he did in starting the XFL. The dude is absolutely loaded. He's getting up in age. He has all this money with the WWE and all that. So why not cash it out and try to start a league? Unfortunately, uh, the pandemic just wasn't on his side. And with everything else going on, uh, the timing just wasn't right. Um, the the viewership is there for a spring football league, regardless of what anybody says. And as other 
and if I can give him any advice, I, you know, I'm sure The Rock is a regular listener to our podcast here. Yes, he is. Uh, if I can give him any advice, is to just keep politics out of it. Um, it is such an escape, and what you're seeing now with everything in sports, they're just being infused with politics. Uh, and right now, it seems to just be uh, one-sided politics. Um, you know, so if I can give him any advice, either open the floodgates up and just let all politics be a part of it, or just do what every American wants and just play the sport. We just want to be entertained. We, we could care less what your what your political opinion is. You know that if you want to know what my political opinion is, just follow it on Twitter. You don't want to see it in you know on a game setting. So I think if they can keep it, you know, keep politics out of it, um, and they can do everything the right way, I think there is a viewership there. I think it will take some time. Um, but I think what they're really going to have to do is, uh, and, and I may get into this a little bit later with the Pac-12, but what they're going to have to do is open this up to guys coming out of high school that don't want to go to college. Um, because, you know, right now in America, if you're an 18-year-old who's a, let's say you're a musical you know, musician, okay, and you have a very good voice. Let's say Taylor Swift, for example, when she was 18. Taylor Swift wasn't required to go sing in the Belmont Choir for three for a minimum of three years before she could sign her first record deal. So players shouldn't have to go play for three years or be out of high school three years removed before they play professional football and can capitalize on their ability. I mean, I can think of countless college guys who just ran into injuries in college that weren't ever able – you know, Marcus Lattimore comes to mind. He's the first one that weren't able to capitalize profit-wise off of their abilities because they had to spend that time in college. So I think if the XFL can tap into guys who are 18, 19 years old, you know, they either right out of high school and really talented or maybe spend a year in college and just want to start making money, I think if they can tap into that, I think that can make for some really good football on TV. Uh, as long as they keep the standard of coaches that they were able to have this first year, I think they'll be just fine. What do you think, though, when you have a, a, you know, you talk about an 18 year old kid who would be out there and then maybe a, you know, 27, 28 year old guy who's played in the pros? He's had that, he's had more experience. How do you feel? I mean, someone like that matches up. I mean, obviously, if you have, you know, uh, I mean, you look at an 18 year old kid, you know, they're not going to have the exact same training. They're not going to have the exact same weightlifting routine. They're not going to, I mean, there's obviously beasts that come out of high school and then they, you know, they develop in college and, you know, like Lamar Jackson, I, I feel like he's a, a player who could possibly do that. I mean, you think about his freshman year, he was a, you know, freshman redshirt season. He was the Heisman Trophy winner from Louisville. But, you know, do you feel like there are enough players who, could stay healthy in that first season if they're going up against a guy who's maybe had some time on a pro roster? Sure, absolutely. You know, I mean, could you imagine Calvin Johnson coming out of high school? True. He was an absolute monster. I mean, you know, and then he, you know, for God's sakes, went to Georgia Tech where he could stop block, you know, nine out of ten plays. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think it'll be just fine. Uh, again, it's not going to be for everybody. You know, yeah. this is going to be for your top end, your top tier college players. So, like a Trevor Lawrence, you know, he played great his freshman year. He can't go to the NFL after his freshman year, but he could go to the XFL. And if you could have an XFL team have the money 
to just write a humongous check to somebody like a Trevor Lawrence after his freshman year of college, that right there is going to draw eyes to the team. You know, and then if you can't afford him after, you know, he plays out that contract, then he can go to the NFL. But, you know, if these guys want to make money, I think the XFL provides a good avenue. And if they can find a happy medium uh, between the league, the ownership, and the players, uh, and compensation, of course, you know, I think it can be really, really good. Uh, but it's going to take a lot of money. And, and I think what is good about that low price tag, I think that leaves him with a little bit uh, more discretionary income uh, to throw at it as far as like his, his marketing and some of the strategies uh, and getting big-time players into that league because that's what it's going to take. You're going to have to have some big names. Uh, you know, why somebody didn't beg Johnny Manziel to come out there and touch a football, I, you know, it just blows my mind. Uh, if I owned a team, I would have been calling him every day to come out there. Uh, so <clears throat> I think you're just going to have to have some pretty serious guys that want to go up against the NFL. <clears throat> you know, I, I think all these major sports teams are going to learn this fall. You cannot compete directly with the NFL. But with the XFL playing spring football, I think someone can be you know, pretty mildly successful uh, compete, you know, indirectly competing with them. So let's move on here. We'll, we'll jump into a new topic here. One of the things that brought up, it looked like uh, looking at the Pac-12 right now, they're, uh, they have a lot of players who are uniting together because they don't feel safe entering the college football season and they feel like they're being forced to play uh, sports because if they don't, they'll lose their time um, scholarship-wise uh, and their eligibility. So uh, they've kind of come out and, and, and addressed the, uh, the commissioner, um, of the Pac-12 saying to them that at this point uh, they they need some better, um, I, I guess, if you will, they, they just want some clarity in, in their opinions on how they should approach the season um, because if they don't obviously play, you know, right now they would lose eligibility for this season, could possibly lose scholarship, things like that. Uh, I feel like I kind of know where you're at on this one. Um, but what, it, what was, what was your, what did you see in this and, and what were you thinking? And, you know, if you, if you put yourself as maybe an 18 year old kid who or a 19 year old kid or 20 year old kid, you know, how do you, how do you look at it, um, going into the upcoming college football season? Uh, okay. First off, I'm a capitalist. I want everybody to make absolutely as much money as they can providing whatever good or service they have available. Okay. First and foremost. Uh, that, that's one of the greatest things about this country is you can take your good service and your talents and you can make as much money as you want to make as long as you're willing to put in the work. Uh, that said, whoever put this together is not a very intelligent person. Um, they, they haven't thought this through all the way. Uh, this is just, this is just terrible. The whole way it's put together. Listen. You can look at the overall question, should college athletes get paid, okay? Well, I think most people say, yeah, pay them. But that's the easy question. You know, and that's all anybody wants to ask is, okay, should we pay them? Well, okay, yeah, pay them. But that's all anybody wants to get into. Nobody wants to get into how you're going to pay them. You know, it doesn't work like that. You know, in this letter, they could, you know, they want to take money away from incentives for coaches. They want to um, – take away performance and academic bonuses from coaches. They want to end lavish facility expenditures. Well, here's the, here's the reason why 
these not-for-profit universities have this money to put into stuff like that is because they can't pay the players. But I think what somebody is really, really missing out on is, uh, like, their third statement is in racial injustice in college sports and society. Okay, listen, if, if you or I, Ethan, or any other decent human being could flip a switch right now and end racial injustice in this country, 100%, we're flipping that switch. Nobody agrees with racism. Everybody agrees that it's wrong. But you know what? If you show me an exact example of racism, I will stand up against it. But you have to stop throwing a blanket statement over it like it's just happening everywhere. You pull exact examples where it's happened, and I promise you, every every decent human being, 99.9% of people in this country are going to stand up against it and say it's wrong, and we're going to denounce it. So you're going to have to do more than just give us that blanket statement. But, but on to paying them, okay? So here, this is a very liberal uh, stance. Whoever put this together is obviously left-leaning. Uh, and what they don't understand is their own leftist politics are going to keep them from being able to be successful with this. Because you have a federal law called Title IX that requires the same amount of male and female scholarships at a university, Okay. So with that, you have 85 scholarship football players. With 85 male football players, that doesn't leave that doesn't leave a lot of scholarships for other males on that campus for other sports. So when you add in like basketball and baseball, after that your men's sports are done. You know, because I'm assuming you've probably got what 12 to 14 scholarship basketball players and maybe 18 to 22 baseball scholarship guys, full scholarship. Would that, you think that's accurate, Ethan? Yeah, I would say it's pretty accurate. Okay, so if you if you're doing that, well, right off the bat, you've got to come up with you know in the neighborhood of 160 to 175 female scholarships. And listen, th- this is nothing against women athletics, but look at it like this: at a university, do you think the softball team or the baseball team brings in more money? It would be the baseball team. It would be the baseball team. And at most schools, baseballs do well to break even and pay for themselves. Right. At at most of your schools, you've got the basketball program and the football program paying for the entire athletic budget. Now, there are a few exceptions. You've got UConn women's basketball. I'm sure they're very profitable. University of Tennessee women's basketball program. I am very confident that they're uber profitable. Okay, so it's not at every school, but I would say 90% of the schools – football and basketball are paying the bills. And so the thing is, if you if you pay the players out of the money that's revenue, that, that's brought in by the uh, all the different sports teams, well then guess what? You got to keep it equal and fair and you got to pay the women too. Well then you can't pay you can't pay the football players more than the volleyball players. You can't pay the basketball players more than you do the women's golf or the men's swimmer. So now everybody has to get paid the same, and there's not enough money to pay everybody the same. And you're taken away from those sports. So, you know, with, you know I'm not a huge fan of Title IX because I think it, it is very restrictive to schools and their athletic program uh, because I'm just a fan of if something is going to work and it's going to make money, 
then it's good. But if it's not going to make money, there's no point in, in, in wasting your time with it. Um, so then, therefore, you find a way to make those programs more profitable. Uh, you know, whether that's by limiting your scholarships for women's softball or women's soccer or women's bowling, whatever it is, you know, get rid of Title IX. But as long as Title IX's around, these guys aren't getting paid. They're just not. Because some people, you know, I'm of the belief the fair comes to town once a year. That's it. It's the only time things are fair. Uh, but when you invoke a federal law in Title IX into the equation, everything has to be fair and equitable. Uh, and that's why I say whoever looks at this just isn't very knowledgeable because <laughs> it, it, there's no way to make it work. You have to change federal law. And I don't know if anybody's paid attention to Washington lately, uh, but those guys have a hard time tying their shoes. The last thing they're worried about, you know, is <laughs> focusing on Title IX reform. I mean, yeah, that's uh, that was kind of – I was looking at it, and my biggest thing was just – you know, one of the things I looked at, and I think the first thing was just the the thing with everything going on with COVID, and I know that there's a lot of people who are um, worried about it and and not wanting to actually play the season. But you got to think that you know these guys who are hoping, you know, if, if that's that amendment is put in there for them that they won't lose eligibility, you know, and and you have half your team gone, you're not going to make any profit anyway because you're not going to be able to put a team on the field, or you're not going to be able to put a good team on the field which means that people won't be able to, you know, pay for that and people won't pay for that if if their team's not doing well. I mean, that's just that's just how life works. I mean, that's exactly what you would say. So, if it's not going to be yeah. good, fans are not going to be there. Um so if you have a football team, you know, you you take a team like USC who's probably, you know, uh, one of the biggest names in the Pac-12 or in Oregon who you know football is the biggest driving factor for those schools. And you don't have your best players out there, you know, and and you're miserable, you know. You're even even with those legacies, you're still going to have people who are like, I'm just not going to to give into this. That I, I just can't. And uh, I think you run into an issue also where there's going to be a lot of guys who are sitting there saying like, I would want to play football. I want to represent USC. The whole reason why I came here is to be a USC Trojan. I would have loved to have been a USC Trojan. And there's probably a lot of guys who would just walk on in that situation and just hope for the best and maybe have a spot at this point. Yes. Yes. If, listen, if a player doesn't want to play, and this goes everywhere from little league to professional athletes. If a player doesn't want to play because of the concern of health, they should not be held. It should not be held against them negatively. Okay. Yeah. They should still receive their scholarship. <clears throat> they should not lose eligibility. Okay. I, I, I'm a hundred percent on the player side with that. If they are seriously worried about their health, absolutely sit out. Do what is best for you and your family, so that your health isn't jeopardized. Uh, and you know there is some good stuff in there, like the ability to transfer. I think guys should be able to transfer. Just open the floodgates. If a guy's not happy with where he's at, let him transfer out with, with no hindrance whatsoever. You know, because right now, if you're going to allow a guy like Justin Fields to transfer from Georgia to Ohio State based off of a, of, of a, of a racial incident that he claims happened, that there's not a lot of merit to, there were no investigations done into it, uh, if you're going to allow that, then just let everybody transfer so guys aren't out here digging up reasons to transfer. So there is some, there are some good things, but when you bring something to the table that is absolutely not logical and can't work because of federal law, 
it really makes all the other points that you make that may be good ones, it just kind of makes them irrelevant because you look at it and you're just like, you know, dumb dumb brought this to the table and thought it would work. So, you know, I, I appreciate the effort by the athletes here. But if you're going to bring something like this up, I guess all that I'm asking here is just for a little bit of thought and just a little slice of intelligence here to know what can what is feasible and what's not. Um, and that way you can bring, you know, reasonable questions like, okay, look, if we sit out, no negative ramifications. Absolutely. Everybody agrees. Open the transfer portal. Let anybody transfer at any point that they want. Now, of course, you couldn't have a guy transferring, you know, at the end of August and playing, the, you know, the second week of September for another team. So you do have to have some guidelines. But as far as sitting out a year or things like that, completely understandable. Uh, you know, and again, you know, reaching into endowment funds to not have to cancel uh, sports teams, uh, I think that's fine. I think if you have a school like Stanford, like they acknowledged in here, that has all that money in endowment funds, save those sports. But what is really worrying me is the road we're going down with college athletics right now, with this coming out and just reading some tea leaves uh, throughout the past week with things that are going on. Um, I think all you're really going to end up seeing here maybe in the next 10 years is college football, college basketball, and maybe some, some baseball where it's, where it's effective. And I think everybody, everything else will turn into like club sports. So it's really dangerous. So if they want to keep the integrity of Title IX uh, and have women's sports funded, uh, these universities are going to have to get to work, and they're going to have to do some serious work. Because the way it's going right now, you're looking at having maybe three major men's sports and a few women's teams sprinkled throughout the country, uh, and everything else will just be club sports. Well, Justin, I, I appreciate you joining me here, man. We've we've uh, we've had a great conversation of everything that's going on, and and we'll wait to see because I believe the Pac-12 is set to make their official announcement uh, later this week. The commissioner has not yet spoke, but we should know a little bit more uh, later this week, man. It's been great getting a chance to talk to you. Good luck on your fantasy baseball this week. Uh, um, your team's still struggling a little bit here. It's thirty-three to six right now, but you know what? Yeah, we're, we're it's going, early. We're going the wrong way here. <laughs> we're going the wrong way. Uh, with the, the negative points. Somebody's gonna have to explain this to me. I, John and I talked about it. Uh, I, I don't understand enough about the negative points to make a valid argument either way. Uh, but I, I feel like the negative points, man, that that really gets you fired up. Uh, yeah. So we're, we're, we'll have to sidebar and talk about that because. Man, this Sanchez guy for the Yankees, I, I don't know if he scored, but like maybe one or two games of positive points all year. Yeah, you uh, uh, we're, we're you got the wrong Yankee. <laughs> you picked you picked up the wrong any, Yankee, I man. Think, I think any Yankee is the wrong Yankee. I don't know. I'm 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 pretty pretty uh, sold on Aaron Judge right now, so uh, I'll go ahead and roll man, with what, that one. What, what, what is he up to? What is he up to? Six home runs in five games. Who drafted him? I did. Oh, God. Oh, well, yeah. Well, that's why you like him. Yeah, he's having a hell of a season. Six homers in five games. Yeah, he, he uh, that's pretty. That's a waste of talent. Even. No, it's not. He's in the right spot. He's making uh, he's making some good things right now. Six home runs, fourteen RBIs so far. Um, he's had nine hits, ten uh, runs batted in. His average is two ninety on base percentage, three seventy one. He's slugging at nine oh three. So. Uh, he's in the right spot. He's making uh he's making some moves for me, man. He he actually got he's actually my highest scorer uh, for my team. He had eighty points through that first week and some change. So 
I'm yeah, I'm loving you it. Take out, if you take out all the pitchers Brian Brake has, but I'm sure Juicing, uh, he's probably the highest scorer in the league so far. Uh, yes, he is. He actually, um, right now I'm up 42-23 on him. Um, but he, he had eight, I can't remember if it was 856. Let me check the standings real quick. Um, yeah, he scored in his first, well, I guess it's not going to show me the, not on, apparently it doesn't show me on the actual website right now how many he had, but I mean, he, he had a phenomenal, I think it was 856 was his final total points from week one in that matchup. So, I mean, just absolutely destroying 836 excuse me so yeah at this point uh he's he might just kind of coast in even if he loses a few his point totals might be enough to kind of be a tiebreaker when it comes down to a a playoff bracket so we'll see how that one plays out for him mlb still gonna do mvp and stuff like that this year you think oh yeah i think so um I, i think the asterisk thing is is a little weird because when you truly look at it, like, I mean, I, I get it, you're not playing 160 games or whatever, 162 games, but, um, I mean, you're going to have to have an MVP, you're going to have to have, you know, a rookie of the year, things like that, Cy Young, um, so yeah, I, I don't think that they'll skip out on the awards, because uh, the obviously the NBA still got to play their season, NHL still got to play their season, so they're able to make their awards and base it off of a season, but I still think the MLB will. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think you're right. And hopefully, uh, hopefully, my boy Aaron Judge is there, and hopefully, it's another uh, another good season for him. So, um, Justin, as I said, man, it's been great getting a chance to talk to you. We'll catch up later this week, and actually, our next show. I wish Cody ha- a happy early birthday because his is on Wednesday, and yours is actually on <laughs> Thursday. So, um, I, the birthday boys, I got the birthday boys for Tuesday's episode. Yes, can't wait. Excited. Thursday's a great day. (laughs) All right, man. Well, it's great getting a chance to talk to you. And like I said, we'll be back on Thursday. We'll be talking to the birthday boy for his birthday. Um, We'll see what we have cooked up for you again on Thursday. Thanks so much for listening. Again, we'll see you later this week.